Welcome back, everyone, to yet another edition of Going for Two, presented by Home Field Apparel. Um, this is the official podcast of the Extra Points newsletter. I am the publisher of said newsletter, your host, Matt Brown. I'm joined here in beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, by Brian Fisher after just wrapping up our second day of the NCAA convention. Um, I don't know about you. I, I feel barely caffeinated at this point. It's been a, a lot of a lot of interviews, a lot of videos that we've been doing, a lot of staking out uh, outside subcommittee uh, conference rooms where we were so rudely not invited to just transcribe everything that was actually happening. But uh, in spite of all that, Brian, some things actually did happen today, right? A few things. Yeah, you're, you're right. It was a different day compared to Tuesday. We're much more quieter. You know, yeah, yesterday. people have actually showed up. Yeah. It's surprising to see faces and, and names and talk to folks. But uh, yeah, you know, D1 Council met today. D1 Board, uh, excuse me, the Board of Directors met uh, as well. So there was actually some votes taken and, and some things that actually happened. And Holy crap. It, it You know, it's weird because it, it's funny because I think people that are not kind of inside the NCAA apparatus, you know, don't realize that they're, this is this is Congress, you know, they're, yeah. they're taking votes, they're, they're, they're passing bylaws and and they are doing some of those unique things that uh, only happen here at the convention. And um, yeah, I think that you can probably start out with the, the D1 Council since they met uh, earlier today. Probably their biggest line of uh, agenda line was uh, the fact that uh, they approved two things that were recommended to them by the Football Oversight Committee in terms of those changes really on the margins of you know spring football in terms yeah. of how many days you can practice, how long you can practice, uh, that sort of thing. There's if, a, if you listen to our show yesterday, you knew they were considering it. And now, if you're listening to our show today, it's done. And uh, the, the other thing that uh, was, was interesting to kind of come out of that meeting was, and, and frankly, there was a lot of background. You know, there's a lot of briefings from NCA staffers in a lot of these meetings, just uh, really kind of preparing and, and laying the groundwork for uh, a lot of the decision making that, that's going to happen over the next, not only the next 24 hours, but really the next two months, two years. Uh, you know, a lot of that is being kind of laid down right now for uh, these members on all these committees. And uh, the other thing that, that I kind of took away from that D1 council meeting was essentially that uh, you know, there was a proposal out there. The 810 was, was the first to kind of sponsor this that uh, in, in primarily yeah. in, in men's and women's basketball, if, if you basically, uh, because of COVID, if, if you were too far down your numbers, if somebody was redshirting, you know, obviously you're, you're a coach, you don't want to want to play them and, and burn that redshirt just because of, of COVID and, and you're short on numbers or else your game would be canceled. Um, you know, but frankly, they, they wanted to see if, uh, you know, maybe we could adjust those redshirt rules just a little hey, bit. I, I think if I remember it correctly, it was, the proposal was to let a redshirt play up to four games this season um, because everyone's roster is, is missing uh, athletes. Very, um, very similar to the, the football pro. Yeah. Right. Where Doesn't seem like irrational or, or, or too uh, you know, crazy here, but apparently other people disagreed. Yeah, it was weird because I think there was a lot of support, you know, initially when, when they were talking about it. And uh, then, then the vote ended up happening and uh, they, it got defeated. And we'll have to see in a couple of weeks, a couple of months uh, when they ultimately released those votes, uh, who, who said no. But uh, yeah, I think there was a bit of a surprise on that uh, not passing. The, the, the thing that it did brought up, uh, but, you know, brought up to me by an AD was simply the fact that uh, in, in basketball, especially with one time transfer now, there just aren't that many redshirts. You know, their coaches more of an at the lower level. Certainly there, there are more of that. But in terms of especially those high D1 FBS type institutions, you really don't if, if the guy's not playing at the end of the bench and you say it's a red shirt, likely that guy's transferring. Yeah. And so that yeah. was, I think, another reason that uh, went into it. I know a lot of the concern for the members was just like, why are we doing this only for basketball? 
And so I think that was uh, another reason why that proposal got defeated. But uh, one of the minor Good things point. that end up happening, but uh, it is uh, something that uh, did ultimately get uh, get to a vote and uh, get voted down. That is that is uh, it's good to know. It's, it seems like maybe if that was something that had been applied to all winter sports, um, maybe it might have had a slightly better uh, chance of passing. But it, it is a good point. Not, not really a surprise that, that it would have been the A10 that would have proposed that and not say the Big East because there's simply not that those many athletes. Uh, one thing that I have been I found out about this today. Uh, I'm still trying to track down exactly how the votes went, but maybe interesting if you're somebody that cares about college hockey. Uh, apparently, if you are a Division three institution that plays Division One hockey, like say RIT, right now you, you don't get to offer scholarships. You're, you're still uh, have to comply with Division Three regulations. And, and there, there's been a, a proposal to allow institutions that are Division Three but compete in Division One to be able to then participate in, uh, and follow Division One regulations for that specific sport. So if you're MIT and you compete at the D1 level in rowing, which you do, uh, there's a handful of, of, of schools, I believe, that I think Franklin and Marshall does this for wrestling. There's a few in hockey. I think there's one or two for soccer. Um, and the, the President's Council and, and others were, were actually supportive of this. And, 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 and this is interesting to me, not because I am deeply emotionally invested in college hockey. I mean, RIT has been, as far as I know, decent despite this pretty significant handicap. But we're also going into a world where uh, the, the assumptions we have about divisional membership could potentially change. Could we see a world next August where it is easier for a school in D2 or D3 to play up a division for one specific sport, particularly if it's not football or basketball? That's not impossible. Uh, or, or to play down potentially a division or to have different divisions where then having this kind of uh, precedent might be uh, useful. So I'm, I'm, that, that's something to monitor here, I think, uh, over the, the rest of this convention, um, whether that actually goes through. I don't believe that's been finalized yet, but it is on the docket. Yeah, I think it's also interesting when, when you talk about schools that are in kind of multiple divisions is just uh, what those divisions are ultimately going to be. That's, good. That that's was, a good point. That yeah. was the other con, you know conversations that uh, you, you would have with ADs and, and commissioners is, you know, frankly, there's still an unknown in terms of what, what even is division. I know there's been a lot of talk about will there be a division four or will there be changes to quote unquote FBS, FCS, that sort of thing. And, yeah. um, you know, a lot of that is I don't know. You know, I, I got a lot of that back uh, from, from people. But Same. Same. Uh, as well, as I wish I did. Or this is one of the things that keeps me up. Yeah. Well, speaking of to keep it up, it might a lot of there's a lot of concern, I think, from from a lot of leagues that, uh, you know, there might be, you know, we, we've seen the FBS attendance requirement uh, was brought up to me as some of one of those kind of arbitrary dividing lines yep. uh, that that is currently in existence. I know it's suspended because of COVID, but yeah, and, and it wasn't really being I mean, like the. the I'm making the air quotes with my hands right now. It wasn't really being yeah, I mean, forced. You, all you had to do was take a look at some of those Mac schools on Tuesday night with with the number of fans. Yeah, yeah that, but, no, nobody was complaining. So, but but you know what? It was you know technically in the rule books, and I know yeah. there was a lot of folks that were kind of interested in terms of well, is, is there going to be a, a, an attendance thing for for basketball in terms of limiting our access to the NCAA tournament? There, there's a lot of that stuff. A lot yeah. of where where are we going to get our, our units in terms of distribution on, on the financial side? A lot of stuff that still has to be worked through. That there is a concern, I think, for uh, yeah. The, the Power Five guys, you know, I think they're they're coasting through this a, a little bit easier uh, feeling than coming into it uh, with uh, if you're maybe a, a league that doesn't either sponsor uh, FBF or FCS football or you're one of those you know kind of basketball only leagues that really doesn't have a seat at the table. And I think that was a concern among many. Yeah, it, it's not an accident that 
High-profile Power Five athletic directors, I think, are that might be the group that's least likely to be here right now. Yeah. And, and some of that is because look, they got a bunch of stuff on campus they got to deal with, and also because like every fifth person in America is in COVID protocols right now. So even if you'd wanted to be here um, and spend some mid-January time in Indianapolis, maybe, maybe you couldn't. But also, you're right. Some of these bigger structural concerns are a bigger deal for the UW Green Bays and the North Alabamas and the Youngstown States and potentially the D2 and D3 schools than they might be for Gene Smith and Ohio State. Not that they don't they don't care, but um, they they're really they really are a different set of of, uh, of problems. This this is something that has come up in every AD conversation I've had. Brian and I we've been talking to a lot of ADs. Some of those conversations you'll be able to see on Collegiate Sports Connect, uh, which I will link to again in the in the show notes if you haven't if you haven't signed up for that. Um, but some of those conversations are also off camera, and that's, that's one of the things I ask every time is. What do you think about about membership definitions? Are you worried about that? What, what what is important to you? It was interesting when I talked to a bunch of Division II conference commissioners and even a few a few ads here over the course of this week. I haven't heard a whole lot of existential concern and like, hey, if we have a moratorium and nobody moves for a little bit, that's not the worst thing in the world. We wouldn't hate it. I heard two different commissioners tell me this and I wrote about it earlier. We wouldn't hate it if we made it easier for D1 schools to drop back down or for D3 schools to move up if they want to uh, or D2 schools to move up and down. That's not the that's not the worst thing for us. The, the, the more bigger, the bigger concern would be we would not want a world where you could play division one. One of our member schools could play division one football and then. Division two or three, something else, because that makes conference membership too difficult to handle. If a D if a D two school theoretically decides what they really want to do is play Division one soccer or go all in on baseball or all in on volleyball, even if the bylaws don't allow for that now, I don't think anyone's going to freak out about that too much. It's really because it's football and to a lesser extent men's or women's basketball that really drive the conference membership conversations. And so that I think you're going to see that all the way down the line. Interesting conversations, too, about, uh, I think, just what's going to happen tomorrow in terms of the tomorrow's more the business session, I guess you could say. Obviously, Mark Emmert's going to say his kind of state of the, the union, so to speak, of, yep. of the NCAA sports and, and college athletics. And that typically is kind of the, the big agenda item. Uh, but there's some, you know, not only the, the business that is actually happening is, is really going to take place tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening, where Division One and, and Division Two, Division Three. They're going to vote on the Constitution, certainly, but this is also their opportunity if you're, like you were saying, UW-Green Bay or some of these other smaller schools, to get up in front of a big room and voice your concerns among the larger membership of That's the right. NCA. And so uh, there, there was a couple of questions that I was, was having some conversations about. You know, usually these things are typically some low-key affairs. Maybe there's one or two people that will stand up and say something, but yeah, uh, there's the, the, the Ron Paul, if you will, of university athletic directors. Yeah, there, there's some real interest in, in, in terms of is, is somebody going to kind of come out and, and lambast things and, and uh, cause a big scene or anything like that? Probably not, but uh, I think if, if, But if they do, it will we will be, be there. It will, we will be there, and I, I will call my shot. It will be an academically selective Division three institution. Um, I would be I would if, if anyone's gonna gonna cast a ceremonial this constitution sucks think of a, a Oberlin or a Kenyon or a Swarthmore or a, another school that neither of us were able to get into um, rather than uh, a, a directional Florida you know the regional public institution or a community college or something like those those are the ones that are 
I have heard express some more concerns about this. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see, especially because the divisions are, are splitting up a little bit um, after kind of the main business session. So you're, yeah. you're going to you might hear some more complaining inside inside of D3 about what is happening and inside of D1 about what is happening, uh, maybe more so than just what we're going to vote on in terms of the, the constitutional committee. But um, these things have gotten contentious before. I remember covering convention a few years ago. There was a couple of presidents that stood up, especially was there a lot of hubbub about the enforcement policies and all that. And there was some, some pointed comments, especially towards uh, NCAA leadership that had to be answered at the time. And um, yeah, I think there's some expectation. Maybe that in, ends up happening on, yeah. on Friday or Thursday. So I, I mean, listen, you may not have a chance to listen to this uh, university presidents before you do. But if you'd like to get Matt online, my email is Matt at extrapointsmb.com. Uh, and you could find me at Matt Brown EP on Twitter. If you don't get a chance to get the microphone and you'd like to yell for a little bit, we are happy to listen. Can't guarantee that I'm not gonna, I'm gonna agree with you, but I'm happy to listen to you being mad online. Um, speaking of, uh, well, actually, no, that's, that's a terrible segue. I don't have a good segue for this, but I do wanna to talk to you about Homefield Apparel because we're in Indianapolis and uh, they will not make you angry and they will, will not cause any kind of structural um, uh, you know, dissidence in, in some kind of meeting. What, what, they, what they make are excellent and comfortable collegiate licensed apparel, mostly t-shirts, but also hoodies. Also sweatpants, also uh, stickers, which which look excellent next to some extra point stickers, and a couple of other things. They're right here in Indianapolis. They're another very important uh, Midwestern institution, Midwestern company. They actually just launched their own newsletter called Cherry Picking, which comes out once a week. It's totally free, highlighting unique and interesting stories about men's and women's college basketball, which is a sport that despite being a Midwestern myself, I don't follow nearly as closely as I do college football. Uh, but what we really want, what, it's really the apparel that that uh, that steals the show here. It's all a very vintage apparel. So if you want that fun logo from like 1945, if you want the the Tulane surfing wave, if you want the the UC uh, the Irvine anteater, that's that's a lot, a lot of surfing animals, a lot of animals playing just, basketball. Just picked up one of those anteater shirts, so I, I definitely uh, highly recommend uh, searching the catalog far and wide for for things that maybe you typically don't see. You're not going to see anything obviously on, on store shelves, but even beyond your kind of local team or your favorite team, yeah. uh, there's some great designs in there of schools that you maybe not, not have heard of. Maybe you've casually heard of them. Maybe you've seen them on, a, on an NCAA tournament run, but uh, yeah. they, they've got some great stuff, especially from the past that I think you know, will really float a lot of people's votes. We are, I, I shouldn't say we, I am a big proponent of stealing valor from other universities here. So I, I went to, uh, I, have, I, have, I attended two universities that are not part of the home field catalog. I did my freshman year at American University in the Patriot League, and I graduated from the Ohio State University. Neither of these schools are licensed. If I could buy a dunking American Eagle, by God, I definitely would. But that has to stop me from owning, I don't know, a dozen of these shirts. And so now people in my neighborhood think I went to Slippery Rock or Colorado School of Mines, Tulane, Hawaii, uh, BYU. Um, I, I think I have at least, uh, I think multiple animals playing basketball on, on shirts somewhere. And then um, I think my, my favorite at this point is the uh, the existentially depressed Yukon Husky, which I have not only in, in t-shirt form and sticker form, but sweatpants form, doggers. So if you want to get any of these yourself, uh, you should go to homefieldapparel.com and you should use promo code EXTRAPOINTS. 
all one word, save 15% off that order. Get yourself some extremely depressed Husky. Get yourself some smoking Miami Ibis. Um, I mean, not the bird not smoking like you're going to eat it, like the bird I think would have a pipe in its mouth uh, or, or any of these things and save a little bit of money on it. Support uh, an important Indiana institution which is what we will also be doing tomorrow when you come at you with more uh, news here from the NCAA convention. Uh, been, I mean, there's, there's, there's other college athletic news happening here independent of this. I have a little bit of updates here about some conference realignment happening in the Northeast that I'm going to throw in the most recent extra points along with uh, a, a fun little game. I'm trying to you know, try and change things up. This is a new year. Trying to experiment with with, uh, with formats here a little bit. We can do a little bit of interactivity, which you can find at extrapointsmb.com. Brian, do you have anything else we want to make sure people know about here before we get out of here? Uh, I would just say uh, be on the lookout for some news before it's going to happen after we end up taping this podcast. But I know the Division One Board, or uh, excuse me, I keep saying the Division One Board, which does meet soon. Uh, but the Board of Governors, which is kind of the overarching body deciding uh, matters about the NCAA, they are going to release a, a few statements and, and make some decisions coming out of their their meetings, um, you know, expected a few policy changes that I think uh, some folks might be interested in, but that will happen after we uh, end up taping this podcast. So uh, be on the lookout for that. But otherwise, it's, it's onward to tomorrow where uh, we expect maybe some potential fireworks, but uh, certainly a new constitution being ratified here at the NCAA. There, there will, yeah, there will be some actual hard news. There's a big trade show. Um, will I go in there and take a couple more pictures of items from the official NCAA merchandise store, which is a place that exists? Yeah. If you want the Rob Lowe NFL hat, but have it say NCAA, you could buy it there. I'm not going to buy it. I don't have $30 worth to spend on ironic hat purchases, but those things exist. There's a couple, I'm sure there'll be some interesting brands uh, and, and interesting new companies operating in this space. We've got uh, actual convention stuff. So stay tuned. You can find us on D1 Ticker. You can find us at Extra Points. You've already subscribed to Going For Two because you're a person of culture. We appreciate your support. We'll get back in touch with you tomorrow.